0: Lock on. 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 on.
1: Lock on. on Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast.
0: Landon, how's it going today, sir? It's going good. Trying to finalize Super Bowl plans and getting ready for the weekend. And
1: Do
0: you have a big stuff. Super Bowl party at your house? What do you guys do for the Super Bowl? We actually, we, we, we used to have a party, but... Um, you know, it's, we moved and yeah, things changed and all that stuff. So now mm-hmm. it's very, it's a very kind of small affair, but my wife makes the best garlic wings. Uh, mm. and, and she, she, Ooh. yeah, she, and they're so good. So that, like, that really it's just about me and my daughter uh, enjoying all the snacks that my wife has made for us.
1: So my family, again, we have a pretty massive family, yeah, so we yeah. always watch the game together. We have about 40 or 50 of us in one house.
0: That's amazing. Um
1: I don't think I've ever heard the announcers of a Super Bowl. I don't even know if they're there. I've never heard them. It's just so loud. So uh, enjoy being able to watch the game in peace. uh, And not just have screaming and yelling the whole time.
0: uh, I'm kind of jealous. Let me be clear. There will be no peace. I still have a five-year-old who's going to be jumping (laughs) on my head and and, and yelling about, when's the football part over? I want to see commercials and dancing. That's true. uh, I kind of forget about that part of it. It's true. That's that's a Um, whole other aspect of it. It's not exactly quiet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, In the reviews on Lockdown Cowboys, make sure you guys send us your favorite Super Bowl food. Mm. I'm just curious what everybody eats around the country. I'm sure out in California you guys have lettuce wraps and all that. Yeah, we're eating lettuce.
0: Give me a break. It's French onion dip and (laughs) bean dip and salsa. It's the same stuff you guys do. We're human beings out here. Sure, sure, yeah. (laughs)
1: Let us know what you guys eat. I'm I'm just kind of curious. Coming up on today's show, we are going to do a Super Bowl preview in a little bit. Uh, but first, I want to get to the story from Jay Glazer, uh, who was at Radio Row over the last couple of days, uh, talking about Jason Witten. and his story was that Witten approached Mike McCarthy um, and told him uh, that he would like to come back. Mike McCarthy isn't quite sure about how that would fit. Uh, and then Witten kind of offered himself up as a potential tight end coach. and McCarthy basically told him, hey, you got to work your way up from the bottom. You got to start as like a quality control guy or an assistant and you work your way up with the coaching ladder rather than just sliding right in as a tight end coach or uh something even higher up than that. Um Landon, let's let's first start with the on the field thing. Does it surprise you that Mike McCarthy might not want Jason Witten on this team uh just because of the fit and, you know, maybe they're looking to do different things on offense? Is that all that surprising to you?
0: No. I mean, it's not. Okay. I mean, I think, it's
1: not to me either.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Whitton is 41 years old or how, you know, it's like he's, you know, he's not going to get better than he is. I mean, it, really what we can do is all we can really do is just stare and wonder how slowly he's getting worse. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, you know, like, that's not really a way to live. It's time to, it's time to get a little bit better production out of the position. And I still uh, think Witten
1: can play in the NFL. There's no yeah, doubt in my mind. No just... doubt.
0: But I think it's time but I don't know that that's you're gonna get all the production and, and you're gonna get the type of tight end that, that you need necessarily for, for what the the kind of office they're running. So I, I don't think it's unreasonable for McCarthy to be like, Hey, we're we're going a different route here. I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I can understand both sides. I understand why Witten is upset because of legacy reasons, but honest to God, I, I think that part of the reason that McCarthy was brought in is for conversations like this. Where I 100%
1: agree. I, yes, I think it's
0: absolutely. it's time to pull the band-aid off some of these situations and it's tough because of relationships that have been forged over the years. McCarthy doesn't have any of those relationships, so he doesn't mind coming in and being the, the quote-unquote bad guy in these situations. So I, I think Witten is it, I mean, not to put it like this, but it's kind of like the proverbial uh, head on a stick right in front. Like, it's basically like, hey, this can happen to Witten. It can happen to anybody. Uh, Changes are coming.
1: I'm not just saying this because Jason Garrett's there either, but I think Witten in a situation like with the Giants makes a lot of sense, right, where he can go and be the backup to somebody like Evan Ingram um, who, you know, has actually battled a lot of injuries through his career where, you know, Witten might be able to be a number two tight end, but in the seven games that Ingram misses a year, Be a starting caliber guy. I I just think for both sides, they probably need to move on. Witten's probably more likely to to accept a backup role on another team than on the Cowboys, just because of what he's done in Dallas all these years. So, I I just think it's best for both sides to move on. Now, one of the things that is interesting is the coaching part because we've heard rumblings before about Jason Witten wanting to coach. And actually, I think it was Jason, or excuse me, I think it was Jerry Jones that said. Uh, he would hire Jason Witten as a coach right now. Um, is it surprising to you that McCarthy kind of shut that down right away?
0: Um, I, I, no, actually, it's. I don't think it is. I mean, I. I mean, I think if this was Jace, uh, if this was Jerry making this decision, I would be surprised. But I think you know, for for someone who, like we said, he he doesn't have those relationship with these guys. He's looking for the best possible guy to do the job. Uh, That's why
1: I love this hiring. I mean, I, I was not super it at the beginning, but the way that McCarthy's hired his staff so far, which has been basically all outside hires except for a couple, really makes it feel like this is the first time in a long time where the new coach actually has a say over everything on the roster, right? Yeah. I mean, not all personnel, but, like, of his coaching staff and what's going to be going on day to day. Like, it feels like McCarthy does have complete control of everything that he he, he needs to control.
0: Yeah, it feels like uh, you know he's actually getting to. Uh, there's not there's not a whole bunch of of, of situations where you feel like uh, players are being forced, players or coaches are being forced on him. He's he really does seem to have a good amount of control over you know who's actually on the roster as head coaches and, and players.
1: I think that's why i I mean, again, we're, we're sitting here on January 31st, but this is easily the most optimistic I've been about the Cowboys as a franchise in a long time, just because. You do have somebody now who it seems like can stand up to not only Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, but big time players such as Jason Witten. Uh, I I, I do think that's notable. Um, Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about this Super Bowl on Sunday. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, the biggest game of the NFL season is here. Uh, we don't talk a lot about other games very often, uh, but this is a special occasion. Um, I, I, just kind of your quick thoughts on this game. What are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, who do you think is going to win and why?
0: Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of offense, I think. Um,
1: uh, there's no I, chance this turns into a defensive struggle at all?
0: I doubt it. I mean, I, I, doubt it I, I just think, you know, there's you've got an offensive uh, mastermind coach, you've got a uh, a run game that is well established and knows knows how to uh, break people in the face and and, and basically is relentless. I mean, they, essentially that's the thing is that they the thing about Sh- Shanahan is that he's not going to sw- switch up from what's working just because you know he feels like he needs to. He will hit right. you in the face with it until you stop it, um, and so. I think that that kind of mentality, that kind of coaching uh, situation, where you've got a coach who's trying to just is constantly ahead of what the defense is trying to do, or or constantly hitting them over the head with what they can't handle, and then and then against a offense in Kansas City that is, I mean, personnel wise, incredibly dangerous. Even before you even talk about who the quarterback is uh and then and then you add in a guy who has favre like arm and uh uh has the ability to kind of get out of the pocket make plays himself uh i you know i tend to think that if Kansas City is rolling i am going to have a hard time picking against them uh, well
1: okay really quickly i i'm laughing at the people that are thinking that because Kansas City stopped Derrick Henry 2 weeks ago that they're going to be able to stop the 49ers run game. It's totally different. I mean, oh, stopping yeah. that Shanahan wide zone rushing attack is, I mean, you got to be super disciplined. You got to be really fast. Kansas City has a lot of talent on their defense, but do you think they can, they can shut down this, this 49ers rushing attack? Because I'm not sure there's anybody in the lead that can consistently stop them from getting four or five yards to carry.
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of test case in the whole uh, idea of, uh, attacking a team with a good quarterback with the with a solid <laughs> with your own solid run game, you right. know, with the with the idea of kind of general keep away, you know, because I feel like, look, what what San Francisco does not want to do is try to get into a shootout with Kansas City. I mean, but if,
1: I think they can win that if they have to. That's what makes San Francisco special, right? We've already seen them this year win a couple shootout games. Um Think of the one in New Orleans when they scored like forty eight points or whatever it is. So. They have the ability to do it, but I'm not sure that's in their best interest. Yeah,
0: in I, I mean, I, being able to do something and, and and it being the best path to victory are, are two very different things. I think I on, would agree with that. Honestly, it, yes. like San Francisco can get in the shootout, but but no one. No one has a better than a 50-50 chance of winning a game that they're getting in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I would not not make
1: that my strategy going into this game is trying to outscore Kansas City. That's not going to work.
0: Keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands seems like the best way to try to actually win this game. So I I, I imagine that, you know, yeah, San Francisco is going to fully, you know, explore whether Kansas City can stop the run. They're going to take their time they're gonna try and uh, uh, you know they're gonna I feel like they'll be aggressive and, and they'll you know go for it as much as they can because they know they just have to score and score and score and score I, I mean I think it's not that it's, they won't you know get in a quote-unquote shootout I, I just don't think that they're gonna be throwing the ball all over the yard in order to do it I, I think that they're they're not gonna be afraid to, to, to run the ball plenty in order to you know reduce possessions against uh, Mahomes and look it, you know all it takes is uh, a, a turnover, uh, sure. a, a strip sack from Bosa or, or Thomas or any of those defensive line uh, uh, Buckner. Uh, you know, I, all it takes is a turnover, and then some ball-controlled offense, and you can steal a possession, and suddenly you're you're in you're in control. So okay, I was gonna
1: say, is there any chance that this turns into a little bit like? The Patriots-Giants Super Bowls where you know the Patriots had a fantastic offense, the best in the league, but because they have that front four pass rush, they can really slow down uh, you know, Kansas City because obviously I think Kansas City is fantastic on offense, but they have not faced a defensive line like this in a long time. I- I'm just wondering how much damage can San Francisco do with their front four against Kansas City's offensive line. Because they have a good offensive line, but I certainly don't think it, it's anywhere near The caliber of their opponent this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the problem is that you know the way you kind of compensate for that is is you kind of have to have the right mix of, of. of skill players, and then a coach who can scheme it up so that you're passing it And they do. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) It's uh, it's such a
1: fun Super Bowl. I'm I'm so pumped for this year.
0: I mean, that's the thing. is You've got, like, look, with Tyreek Hill and then Sammy Watkins, and then with Kelsey in there, too, you've got enough uh, threats that you can stretch vertically and then open things up underneath wide, wide enough. That, 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 you know, they can get rid of the pass rush, or not get rid of, but they can deal with the pass rush, because unless the pass rush is getting there immediately, uh, you feel like Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, or, or Kelsey, or one of them is gonna be able to get a step, you know? And, and so, yeah. and they're also, the other and thing- And Nicole can, Hartman,
1: that's another guy to add in there, cause he's starting to play really well for them too. And,
0: and here's the other thing I would, I would, I would say is, uh, you know, I would, would not be surprised if Kansas City screened, uh, San Francisco to death. You know, and and, and, and oh, like, I, I
1: fully expect that. That's yeah. just an Andy Reid staple.
0: Yeah. So, I, I and they're so good at it that you know, I think that that could be uh, you know, problematic for some of their defensive line. Andy Reid knows how to deal with that, and, and Patrick Mahomes. I, I think that it, San Francisco's pass rush will, d- without a doubt, be a uh, a a factor. I just think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together are a very good solution for that kind of problem.
1: Okay, let's turn this a little bit to, you know, help the Cowboys. When you're watching these two teams, is there anything that you can kind of take away and maybe you're hoping that the Cowboys learn, uh, over the next, you know, in this contest and, you know, going forward? Like, to me, when I watch these two teams, and I've seen both of these teams a lot this season, the amount of speed that they have on both sides of the ball is alarming, right? I mean, Kansas City especially, they have speed everywhere on their offense. I don't know if you can say the same for the Cowboys. Is that, you know, is that one of your big takeaways here is the Cowboys have to get faster, uh, this offseason?
0: Well, I would just say it, it would be totally amazing if there was some sort of Tyreek Hill type player who has, is clean <laughs> off the field, went to a major college football <laughs> program and were, we're to be available at 17. That would be quite amazing, but, uh, I guess, okay. uh, outside of that, then, uh, then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I listen. I, yes, I watch I watch Kansas City, and look, Tyreek Hill does so much for that offense without even touching the ball, even. Well, that's I mean, why
1: you know, I, I always say I, I, I don't think he's the best receiver in football, but he might be
0: the most valuable
1: just because yeah. of what he can do for everybody else on that offense.
0: He's incredibly schematically uh, valuable because you have to account for him. You can't forget Tyreek Hill, and, and, and what he can do is he's – you know, you talk about wanting to stretch the field horizontally, stretch the field vertically. He he can do. He'll stretch the field whichever way you want, and and you can just operate completely unabandoned. Uh, you know, with underneath in in the space that he creates. And um, you know, I, like I said, I, I know that there's been a lot of talk about you know seventeen. We've been talking about it. I mean, this is my thought process, and when I talk about we'll, it, you know, we we'll do a, a podcast Ruggs.
1: on Henry Ruggs we'll, we, because I, I think we do need to talk about him.
0: Yeah, because listen, I mean, and and you know, and that's the thing is that everyone's talking about, uh, you know, how how deep this wide receiver class is, and it is incredibly deep. It is. The, there's only one. There's only maybe one or two guys who are Tyree Hill in the NFL, and if yeah. you can go and get a guy who has that level of, oh my gosh, speed. Uh, it changes your offense in a, in a way that I think is, it's hard to kind of define without it and uh, it's not just about having a guy who can go down the field because I think Cooper, I think uh, 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 Gallup they could they can do that. Even Cobb can go down the field you know It's about uh, having a guy with speed to who could take it to the to, you know, take it to the house almost every time they get even a crease. You know.
1: Well, I was going to say, the other guy that I would mention that I saw do that this year, even though his stats weren't particularly great, was Hollywood Brown in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Just having that threat of this guy can score at any point in the game uh, you know, on a play-action pass, that is terrifying to defend. And uh, it's been a while since the Cowboys have had somebody like that on their team. So for that reason alone, I, th- I think it's interesting that you mentioned rugs and you bring him up as a potential pick. Just because I do, I do think that's one thing Dallas is missing on offense.
0: I think Dallas can replicate all the rest of Kansas City's offense, you know, I, I in some so. fashion or form. I mean, obviously Dak, despite what people have said, Dak isn't quite Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> But I think Dak is obviously more than capable mm. enough of, of being a quarterback of an elite offense, and I think sure. he showed you that this year. I think the one thing that, that, you know, you can't really replicate in a Kansas City type offense from Dallas is a guy with instant, with teleportation, tele, teleportation speed. You know, I mean, sure. think. I mean, think about what Deshaun Jackson did for for all those teams, even when he didn't catch Absolutely, the ball. Yeah. Just by, by being yeah. on the field, you know, uh, whenever he was on the field. Now, that's the other side of this: is that you, you, the hardest thing to find is one of these kind of guys who also can remain healthy, and, and so that's yes. why I think a guy like Ruggs is kind of fascinating to me, is because he doesn't really have a history of injury, which is usually the knock on these kind of guys. And, and that's why I, I kind of feel comfy like taking a guy like him in the first round. is because, look, A, it's impossible to find guys with this kind of speed. He's just very rare. And B, to find a guy like that who actually has a little bit of level of durability and is a football player, sign me up.
1: Okay, we can take this a million different directions because I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. So, uh, first of all, on Henry Ruggs, I, again, we're going to do a bigger show on this. but um, We're here. We're talking about I, it
0: now. Let's talk about it. Right.
1: Right. When you draft a speed receiver, typically you have to draft those guys a little higher than you feel comfortable. Yeah. It's just the nature of the position, right? Yeah. It's so hard to draft these speed guys. It's so hard to find them, I mean, that you typically have to throw them to draft them. I think Henry Ruggs might be a little too expensive for 17, but when you factor in the speed, I get it. That's, yeah. Um, okay. My question is this. I, I was watching some receivers today, specifically Michael Pittman at USC. Yeah. In the Cowboys offense with Mike McCarthy, how valuable is size? Does it matter a lot or no? Because I'm watching Pittman run slane after slane after slane at USC and nobody can stop him. When you think of a West Coast offense, that's typically what you think about. But when the Cowboys with Gallup and Cooper, do they need somebody like that or or is that speed portion so lacking on their team that you're willing to maybe give up, you know, you're, you're maybe willing to have a lesser player on the field if it means having more speed. And I'm not necessarily saying that Ruggs is a lesser player than Pittman. No, no. But you I, get the idea.
0: I know what you're saying. Um and I, the other thing too, that, that that I think the difference is that there's more for that position to do in the modern NFL than there was even like three or four years ago. Even when, like say Deshaun Jackson got came into the Yeah league, I would right? agree. Because
1: like, you can run a lot of the jet suite stuff. Exactly. You can run screen stuff I do. Exactly. Agree. And we exactly. see Chiefs are a perfect example. You watch watch this weekend what they do with not only Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman. Those guys are going to be in motion almost all game long. They're going to run some tunnel screens. They're going to give sometimes at the ball out of the backfield. So I do agree with you there.
0: Exactly. And, and, and look, and part of what I'm talking about with horiz- with uh, stretching uh, horizontally is you, know, you, you get uh, Tyreek Hill coming across the formation in like a jet sweep. You don't have to necessarily give it to him, but just by having him stand in the flat on the other side of the field, somebody has to account for him. Because you can't just allow Tyreek Hill to have, you know, four or five yards of of empty space. Because it, even if he's behind the line of scrimmage, Mahomes can turn around any time, swing it out to him, and suddenly he's a huge threat. So, so what sure. you what you end up seeing is defenses obviously are fully aware of that. There's very rarely a time where what I just described happened because defenses are keenly aware of where he is at all time. And what does that do? Suddenly, you're faking the the the. The jet sweep to Tyreek, you're faking the toss over to him, and then you turn around to the other side of the field where everyone has just unoccupied everything to go chase Tyreek Hill, and you throw it to a wide open Sammy Watkins, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's that but, kind of thing that I think that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, creative play callers are going to be able to find a way to use this guy as a means to get other players open. And, and to answer your question, I mean, you know, I think it's not that Pittman doesn't. I, I think Pittman would be great. I'd love to have a Pittman on this team. And I, I think there's value to having a guy like that in this team. I think he can do a, a bunch of different things. I just think that the role, the, what you can do with uh, 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 rugs, is so unique. And it's something that you can't really do with just any player. I agree. And, and that's why, you know, like you mentioned, is his, uh, his stock is, Artificially inflated. I I agree. Like I don't I don't think that he is a this you know uh, the type of player who's shown the production level on his own to be the seventeenth overall draft pick.
1: But if not higher, if, which I could certainly see him going to the top twelve yeah, or so just because of that speed.
0: Totally. I, that's that's it. Is that what he provides for your offense? Not so much what he can produce himself, but what he provides to your offense schematically is the that bonus. that That's why you're dra- overdrafting him is because you're getting a schematic advantage of your offense immediately just by having him on the field.
1: Right. So, okay, one more little thing that I've been struggling with valuing over the last couple of days. Um, it's no secret that I'm a fan of TCU's Jalen uh, Rager, who, again, smaller receiver and fast, probably going to run around four three five, But how Big of a difference in terms of value is it having a receiver that runs a four three five compared to a guy that mon- might run a four two seven.
0: Like, is it worth? Yes.
1: Is it? Is it? Is it that's what I'm saying. Is, is yeah. it
0: worth a whole round difference? Yes, uh-huh. it is. And, and let me tell you why. Because the average cornerback probably runs a four three five, and that's probably you're right. That's probably the
1: difference right
0: there. That correct? one. That one tenth of a second is the difference between a guy who is. Pulling away from a cornerback and a guy who is gets the ball exactly. and, and the cornerback turns around and doesn't even know where the wide receiver is because right. he's so far gone. Like you know, it's my my, my thing is there. I think Rayer
1: in a vacuum is a better player. I think he does a lot more. Th- I think he does many things better than what Ruggs does. But again, you mentioned that difference in speed is so important and valuable. I, I'm just not sure how to, to stack these guys up. And again, we're going to have a conversation about all these guys specifically over the next couple of months. But that part of how how much do you value a guy that can run in the four twos is something that I still need to try to figure
0: out. And there's one more thing I'll just add it. You don't have to work very hard to find a way to avail yourself of his speed. Like, that's the thing Correct. about yeah. speed versus, you know, like Pittman or, or some of these other guys. Like... With these other guys, wide receiver skill sets, you still have to find a way to fit them into your offense, uh, get them into a position to win, and 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 you know have find a way to use the way they win to translate to production. Right? When you yeah. have a speed player, uh, again, they don't even need to be touching the ball to have an, a, a huge effect on 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 e- any given snap. But even if you do, even if you just have them run a slant or a screen, it, it's You can – it's so much easier to to deploy a guy like this from day one without having to teach him a whole bunch of complicated routes than it is for almost any other wide receiver. And and, and it's not that learning curves have been terrible for wide receiver the last few years. It's gotten better and better and better as we've seen. But I I think with with a guy like this who can just run away from anyone who's on the field – uh, you know, it's it becomes very very easy to incorporate this person into your offense without you know having to do a bunch of really a uh, uh, complicated route sure. combinations or anything. It, just put him on the field, have him run a, 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 a you know a smoke screen or or just anything, just anything where he gets the ball in his hands quickly, and then suddenly that will change the com- the complexion of that defense, and that defense will think twice about you know leaving him uncovered or not double covering him or or not compensating for him.
1: I promised that we were going to do a Super Bowl preview and it into a draft show, but that's okay.
0: That's that's this Locked on Cowboys podcast. Um,
1: enjoy the Super Bowl, guys. Make sure you're downloading the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Make sure you're subscribing again. Send your draft stuff to us. Send your Super Bowl uh, dishes to us. Uh, make sure you send me pictures of what you guys make, your spreads uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter, at DCB. You can follow the show, at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.